This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Semana numero ocho, week eight of one-on-ones NFL Friday on WFUVsports.org. Kenny Ducey, Nolan Silvanego welcoming you into our WFUV studios here talking some football. Uh, the Broncos not undefeated anymore after a takedown by the Colts. They still got the Chiefs, the lone unbeaten team. Who would have thought that? Scam Newton doing it to the Buccaneers last night, and it is just awful for the Bucs. Yeah, it's just a really bad time to be a Bucks fan, be in that Bucks organization. Worse, though, Greg Schiano. He's got to be feeling pretty bad right now. There was a Buccaneers fan um, dressed in uh, hazmat gear last night. Yeah. <laughs> because, they remember, they had, to, they had to disinfect the locker room last week because mm-hmm. of that awful disease that's going infection. around in the locker yeah. room. It's like, it's like worse than a staff infection, though. I've, oh. it's, it's MRSA, and it, uh, it's, it's very gross. I don't want to... Uh, even think about it right now children. because I'm hungry and I want to stay hungry. Um, you look at you know the the game that transpired and there's no running game anymore for the Buccaneers after Doug Martin leaves with uh, his injury and you know, Mike Glennon clearly not the answer there. And on the other side of the ball, the Panthers improving to four and three, a needed win for them. I mean, it was just kind of like the Giants against the Vikings. I mean, you know, except that the Panthers actually have three wins. Uh, you know, they needed the win to get back on track. They This was a must-win game. You know, you didn't win this game. It was going to look bad. Um, Scam Newton, 23 of 32 for 221 and two touchdowns through the air. 11 carries, 50 yards, a touchdown on the ground. That's a pretty darn good day for Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton did have a really good day, but kind of against a bad team. But I want to know, Kenny, how high are you? On these Carolina Panthers right now. I mean, you're saying they're four and three, but some of these wins that came against the Vikings, the Rams, the Bucks. I mean, pretty bad teams. And then they had a pretty bad showing against the Cardinals earlier. So I mean, yeah, they've won three in a row, but probably against three of some of the worst. I mean, ex- except for Jacksonville, some of the worst teams in the NFL. So I don't know when when I see this team as four and three, I don't view them as you know four and three. Like I might maybe for a Cowboys. And you know, looking forward, they got Falcons, 49ers, Patriots coming up. So four and three might easily turn to four and six pretty quickly. I'll give them this: they lost to Seattle just twelve seven. It was a close game. That was a close. Buffalo, game. they lost by a point. It was EJ Manuel into the end zone. It yeah, was last t- second. It was, that was a tough game. Mm-hmm. Arizona, they that that's you can't get blown out by Arizona twenty two six like that. But I mean, they did you know handle the Rams pretty you know handily. I guess if you yeah. for lack of a better term, did the same 30, against the Vikings. thirty to fifteen. The Giants they killed thirty eight nothing, and that's a team that uh, has still man they still managed to put up twenty three points against the Eagles, uh, around twenty points, and then you know they weren't seen as as bad as they are now in week three. I mean it wasn't like yeah. you you were gonna go into that game if you're the Panthers and say, uh you know we're gonna win this game we're gonna win this game because the Giants were zero two people were thinking oh they they gotta win this they thought they this was win. the turnaround they, they're game they're absolutely gonna oh, win this yeah. week the Panthers aren't that bad everyone was the Panthers that. were zero two they they blow away the Giants so I'm not saying I'm the highest in, in the world on the Carolina Panthers but you can't discredit you know their their four and three I mean four and three is not great but it's it's good it's enough good. it is good they haven't. Other than the Arizona game, I'm not upset with the the losses to Buffalo or Seattle. And then you look down the road at their schedule. Atlanta Atlanta hasn't been that good this year. San Francisco, 
uh, is 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 a, a hard hard game. Although the record won't show it. And then you got New England, Miami's going to be both of those. New England and Miami are going to be tough. Then you get Tampa Bay, Atlanta again, New Orleans twice. I mean, they play in a tough division, so what are you going to do? But I think yeah. they win one of those New Orleans games. I th- I really think they do. You really think they beat the Saints once? The five I think for the Saints? one game that they weren't, they were supposed to win that they didn't. I think they're going to win one game that they're not supposed okay. to win. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I ultimately laws of probability, right? I ultimately there. think this team wins about you know seven eight games this year i don't i don't see them having had a spectacular year but no, yeah. so no play look this is no play this so is uh, cam newton can't lose you know more than 10 games this year no or more no than way. no sorry more than nine games this year he can't go worse than seven and nine because if he does it's gonna look awful he is his talent he's definitely should have been taken number one he's that talented he's very good i really like cam newton He's got no receivers, I guess, is one is, is one point I want to make. I mean, Greg Olson's very good, but Ted Ginn is certainly not a number one receiver. Um, D'Angelo Williams has had a good year this year. Jonathan Stewart looks like he's going to be back soon, so that's helpful to Cam Newton. Still, though, I mean, he absolutely is expected to carry this team to seven wins. I don't care if you're in a tough division. That's what you got to do. I mean, look look at what Geno Smith's doing. He's in a very tough division right now, especially yeah. you know where the, where the AFC stands right now. The Bills... I like the Bills. Miami's very good. New England, obviously very good. And he's holding his own, a rookie quarterback in that league. E.J. Manuel, if it weren't for his injury, pretty much doing the same thing. I mean, he's you know, he's coming back late to beat the Panthers, and uh, you know he's, he's competitive with the, the, the Patriots, and the, they beat the Patriots. And then, of course, he, you know, he's competitive with the Jets. I mean, you got to stay competitive if you're a young quarterback. Exactly. And I, feel, I just feel like Cam Newton hasn't really done that since he's been in the NFL. I mean, the Panthers really haven't been – that good of a team and you know right now i think you know they're starting to maybe show some signs of it but their schedule first half compared to second half way easier way easier first half and second half so i don't know if this is may i don't know if this is the year they maybe get to 500 maybe get to nine and seven you know seven and nine i think that'd be nice for them you know i don't know if they beat the saints twice do they beat the jets do they split with the Falcons, Patriots, 49ers? That's a lot. That, those are a lot of games right there. It is. No, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's the product of being in a tough division, much like the AFC East, where uh, they host this team from New York. Yeah. So that would give you the impression that we are talking Jets now. And to do that, we bring in Chris Venezia, our WFUV beat reporter with some hot beats. That's right. Jets Nation is pumped right now after beating the Patriots on Sunday in a thrilling 30-27 overtime win. It was a huge victory for Gang Green as it moves them into second place in the division just one game behind New England. It's still fairly early, but at 4-3, New York is proving a lot of doubters who thought the Jets didn't stand a chance of having any success this season that they're wrong about this gritty squad. Running back Chris Ivory rushed for over 100 yards in the game. He knows there's always going to be those naysayers. I think that's going to always, it's going to always be naysayers or doubters. So uh, you can't let that control who you are as a team and as individuals. Rookie quarterback Geno Smith made one big mistake in the game, throwing a pick six deep in Pat's territory in the first quarter. But after that, the West Virginia product picked up his game and played well. He even showed the legs on an eight-yard touchdown run. The win has to feel good for Jets Nation, but if New York is going to be a playoff contender, they need to be more consistent. The T 
team hasn't won two games in a row all season, and cornerback Antonio Cromartie has addressed that issue. You know, we're sitting at the top of our division along with New England, and uh, our biggest thing is to continue to win, try to go out and win our game. The Jets' next two opponents are tough. Squad faces Cincinnati and New Orleans. This week, they travel to Cincy to face the 5-2 Bengals. It's a team coming off a dramatic OT victory of their own in Detroit, and they're undefeated at home. Playing on the road is never an easy task, but the Jets are on cloud nine after the Patriots win. My prediction, this Sunday, Jets 24, Bengals 17. With the Jets Report, I'm Chris Venezia. So, I mean, I was kind of uh, making that up about the hot beats and all that, but uh, thank you again. They always again. pick good music. He does. No, Venezia does a good job. I, I mean, like I, I miss choice. the Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's Dang, one thing that's I do tough miss. to beat. Earth, Wind, and Fire is a good one. What I don't miss are the butt fumble days when uh, that's what used to happen when the Jets and Patriots played. Now it is all about what a game. Mr. What Smith. What a game on Sunday. It was a great game. I want to talk a little bit about that call. And everyone knows what call I'm talking about. The uh, the illegal push. The call that shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> yes, or the call that Bill Belichick uh, disagreed with and thought the Jets had done before in the game. Uh, if you're not aware, there was an illegal push had by Chandler Jones, I believe. Chandler Jones, yeah. Of the New England Patriots pushing a player into the I think he got pushed into the line, or he no, pushed I someone think he into the pushed line. Another line. Either way, that's illegal. Yeah. Uh, Belich- he pushed his own teammate. Yeah. Apparent uh, story out today, or not today, this week that the Jets had warned the referees that the Patriots were going to try to do this because maybe uh, brother Rob saw it in their last game, and uh, you know, of course, Saints, yeah. they tell him to look out for it. They look out for it. They see it. They call it. The Jets end up winning the game after Nick Folk misses from 56. I really thought he would make that either way, but um, he did. Well, what's that going to tie his long? There. Tie career long? I mean, it wasn't it a stretch. It would have. It wasn't a complete stretch. Um, he almost made it, too, but he's he's a really consistent kicker. I mean, I've, yeah. I've sung his Offensive praises before MVP. on this show. He's He, he gets it done, man. Um, I don't know. I, Were they calling the cardiac he, kid, right? <laughs> no, the, the, the folk hero now. The folk but hero now. He, okay. he still hasn't missed a field goal this year, I mean, because obviously that one didn't count because yeah. there was a penalty. Um, Patriots fans immediately, of course, shot back with a few different remarks and excuses. One was, oh, the NFL changed the rule book on us. Did you see that whole conspiracy? I, I, I'm about to address it. Yeah, I did see it. Unbelievable. Which is false. Unbelievable. Because Patriots fans went to Google and they searched, uh, you know, new NFL rule pushing into kicker or pushing in the line, whatever they searched. Mm-hmm. They found it. There was an NFL article written. Talking about the proposed new rule that would have, that, you know, that would have put this in place for if a player from, uh, I think it was if they if they were from behind the line and pushed them, or no no it was if the player came from the line and pushed them right and this yeah. player was I guess behind the line yeah so they're like oh well the they line. changed yeah. it they didn't and then of course that wasn't not the actual rule that was just what was proposed they had changed it. And NFL.com had to update that story. Then on Barstool, Boston Barstool Sports, yeah, yeah. there was a gif of a field goal attempt earlier in the game where a jet uh, looked like a jet pushed another jet into the line. Same thing the Patriots did. You look at it from another angle, uh, a Jets blogger from the Jets blog had game re- uh, NFL game rewind, so he was watching it from a side angle. And you can see... The arm is you know the arm is on his back but there's no shove into the line uh you know it, it was not a designed shove like the Patriots field goal block was 
So look, you, I, yeah. So you're not you're not going to make that it argument. Was, yeah, no. So they, Patriots they fans and Bill Belichick, who did probably see the barstool post. So yes, barstool, you can say Bill Belichick read your website. <laughs> you He's, really think that? No, I don't think. Yeah, so. I was going to say there's <laughs> no way. <laughs> Bill Belichick saw definitely saw the gift. He said, "Well, the Jets." He took a slight shot. I don't know the exact quote, but he said the Jets had done it earlier in the game. Right, yeah, I wasn't called. Um, he's a sore loser. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just so funny how, uh, you know, because I saw another gif or uh, another picture where um, there was a blatant, like, face mask on a, a Saints defensive player about to sack Brady when he was going to run his game, uh, game-winning uh, last drive against the Saints. So it's just so funny how when it's reversed – it, it, the Patriot fans obviously go out like that, but I was watching the game with with two New England fans, and they were like, "You know, what? you can have that one. That, that's a stupid rule. That's a stupid rule." But the point is, it doesn't matter. That's still the rule. That's uh, it so doesn't funny. matter how stupid the rule people, is. How I mean, I saw you might I think saw, it is. That's the rule. I saw people saying, uh, "Oh, that's that's the most blasphemous call in the history of football." Because people were thinking they literally just made it up. Right. Like, like that's what the, was their first reaction. Obviously, so, that's not so, how it was. I mean. And look, I mean, if you're listening to the game, Deerdorf described it. Yeah. Deerdorf said, "Look, this is a new rule. This is what ha- you know. This was put in place." And as much all, as all the all the executives from the NFL you, were saying you, that. Listen to Deerdorf, and that, look, <laughs> I know that color commentators are not always right, and I know it's hard to believe them. But when someone says there's a new rule put in place, obviously, if you're a Patriots fan, you're going to look it up. But look, he was right. You know, give the man some credit that he he read up on this and he knew that that was a new rule. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I apologize to Chandler Jones, thing. who does play for the Patriots. It was Chris Jones, Chris Jones. not Chandler Chris Jones. Jones, the other C Jones who pushed close, him in the line. All right, continue. But, yeah, but you know, I do think with the rule, it shouldn't be a 15-yard penalty. I mean, 15-yard penalty is face mask, horse collar, unsportsmanlike well, conduct. I don't think it's all of those things. All of those things that you just mentioned, unsportsmanlike, con- except for pass interference, unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, roughing the passer, roughing the kicker, a yeah. chop block. Um, even you know all of those things are to protect player safety. A hit to the head, or leading with the crown of the helmet. Those are all to protect player safety, and that's what this rule was put in for that's to a good protect point. the player Plus, safety. Kenny, they players wanted this. This they right. like pushed. That was to the get whole. That in. was the funniest part. That is, is yeah. that is the historical want, part. Because you know what happens if, if thank you, you for that, Matt. Yeah, that's uh, a good on point. the offensive side, you get a guy pushed into your neck or your head, your helmet or whatever. On a defensive side, if you're pushing someone, you could push them. You could push their neck right into their chest, their helmet. They could, you know, you know, and if you just keep pushing, you could crunch their head. I mean, it's, you know, it's not safe to have this, you know, yeah. anything but this in At here. first, I had the same reaction that, like, how could this decide a game? But when you hear this is what they wanted, that's it. Right. You know? Like, the players want the story. And that's true. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it had such a big uproar. I mean, maybe, I guess because it was the first time being called. But I think it will be interesting to see when and if it will get called in future games. Because, it, because you know, the players want this is for safety. You know, we can say all this. Then if, if it's so relevant, then how come it, it didn't come until week eight? You know, right. How come well, it wasn't I mean, and it's, it's thanks to Rex Ryan because, I, look, so I you, mean. So you think this puts this on the map and we can expect to see this more yes, often? Yes. Yeah, this is, this happens changer. in every sport. This happens in basketball. This happens in baseball. Best example here is basketball because a lot of people compared this to basketball. They said, "Oh well, they don't call these ticky tack fouls at the end of games. They should let the boys play." Well, one a hack, you know, you know, it's getting a piece of someone's skin after a shot if it's slight is a lot different than pushing another man into the you know the offensive line of the kicking team with you know no regard to his head or neck, yeah, uh, of true. both players. 
it can hurt somebody. And look, if if uh, a head coach notices that a player's getting jabbed underneath, you know, on box outs, he'll go, hey, well, you know, this guy's, you know, so and so number fifty two is getting the elbow. Watch the elbows in there. He's getting elbows in there, and the referee will watch it. And you know, most most times calls the foul. Maybe two, you know, two possessions later because he sees it because he's looking for it. So this was a rule, and Rex knew that you know this was a thing, and Rob probably saw it. So Rex said, "Hey, last he probably said last week the Patriots did this." Look out for it because I think they're going to do it again. I think that's fine. So I think there's Rex abs- Ryan, there's absolutely no problem. Rex doing Ryan that. just outcoached Bill Belichick. That just ju- just happened. Just it happened. Just ha- <laughs> I, I I don't know, and I'm not saying Rex Ryan's a better coach than Bill Belichick, but in that circumstance, he did He him. outcoached Bill Belichick, but which is as, very remarkable. As, uh, Ryan Ruka from ESPN New York and obviously FUV alum, he tweeted out, regardless of the play, the the Jets did deserve yeah, to win I, that I, game. They I completely outplayed the Patriots. I mean. Their possession of time was way more. Their uh, their efficiency on third down was a lot better than what the Patriots had. And look, Patriots they had the ball to end the game. They went. For, they got a field goal instead of a touchdown. They had the ball to start the overtime. The Jets did they a didn't tremendous job in that fourth quarter. Yeah, they the Jets D was outstanding in that second half. Uh, will the Jets D be outstanding this week though against the Bengals? Gio Bernard has been good for the Bengals. Andy Dalton has been good of late, but I still don't believe in him as a quarterback. He was pretty awful at the beginning of this year, other than I think yeah, he's one week mightily. at the beginning. He's had two good weeks in a row, though. Don't think he keeps it up. Uh, the Jets' D is too good. The Jets have one of the best run defenses they in really the league, do. as Bobby will tell you later on in our show when we talk about fantasy. He'll probably, even though he has Gio Bernard, probably say, "Oh, sit Gio Bernard." He'll probably, <laughs> he'll probably, you know, wince as he says it, but. He said it for weeks now, and we all say it for weeks. The Jets have one of the best run defenses in the league, if not the best run defense. They're going to yeah. be able to limit that. And Geo, to my, you know, in my opinion, the biggest weapon they have is the running game. I, I, yeah, I understand AJ Green is very, very good, but I don't like Dalton enough to say AJ Green is a, you know, big, big, big. Especially tru- if you put Cromartie on AJ right. Green. Cromartie's well, but even great, even if you're playing the Lions, defensive. right, and you have Calvin Johnson, but then you have yeah. Matt Stafford. I'm saying. Calvin Johnson is the biggest, you know, component to this offense. Without a doubt. But it's Calvin yeah. Johnson versus A.J. Green. So A.J. Green's one of the top receivers in the league. I just don't think the quarterback is, on the other end, is good enough to make him... Uh, the Jets are going to game plan for Green, but I think I'm more worried about Gio Bernard coming okay. into this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it will be an extremely close game, but I'm going to have to agree with you, Kenny. I think the Jets' defense will carry. I think Gino does just, just enough. To get the win for the Giants, uh, for the Jets this week. Yeah, Gino was uh, very good as well last week too against the Patriots, limiting the turnovers. And of course, we all remember the three turnovers he had in the fourth quarter the last time the one. Patriots met, which was yeah, which was difficult. Oh, I got the well, all right. We'll get the uh, picks in the back after uh, after the Giants and the general NFL and the fantasy and all the shenanigans that go on here. But uh, we'll switch it over right now to those G-men. And the Malo. The dictionary defines ugly as something that is unpleasant and repulsive, especially in appearance. The Giants game Monday night was unpleasant and repulsive, especially in appearance. Big Blue ended up winning against the lowly Vikings 23-7, but the score doesn't tell the whole story. The Giants generated a mere one sack, 
and received a lot of help from Vikings inept quarterback Josh Freeman, who threw a mind-boggling 33 incompletions. They couldn't help but keep the Giants on the field. Next up for the G-Men are the Eagles, and head coach Tom Coughlin knows the division rivals are an offense and tough to reckon with. The Eagles offensively have put some outstanding numbers up. They still lead the league in rushing. They've got all kinds of numbers and have done a good overall job. Billy will be interesting. They have yet to win a game at home, and they're coming off a tough loss against Dallas in which they watched rookie Matt Barkley throw three picks. This Sunday, though, it looks like Michael Vick will be back under center after practicing in full this week, and that change alone can turn the offense into a high-powered machine. Philadelphia struggled defensively this year, but behind Vick, their offense is as intimidating as anyone's. So how will the Giants fare? Well, the matchup isn't great. A quick offense is problematic for the G-Men's slow-footed secondary, and Big Blue can't expect anemic quarterback play from a proven commodity like Vick. But the Giants did need a win to get the ball rolling, and they got just that on Monday. But they obviously weren't convincing. Their defense still has holes, and I'm not sure where Hakeem Nix has been this season, but he's not playing like he once did. This week, I'm not picking the Giants for real, but I think they're improving. My prediction? Philly 33, Giants 17. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. And we thank Eric Malo for that Giants report. And You, you can uh, tell he so badly wants the I like Giants that to song. win this week, but... It's just not realistic at this point. I know they're they're getting they're getting pretty funny, you know. As the Giants are, you know, they did win, so he was happy. Yeah. Uh, this time, happy but, message. you know, they're getting they're getting better as the season goes along. I actually witnessed him cutting that music and like making it perfect, so that way he could loop it throughout the song. That's what we expect here at FDB. And uh, he's he is, I I like watching him make those Giants reports. Now we welcome in Connor Orr of the New York Star Ledger to talk Giants. And uh, Connor, you know the win. On Monday night, it was a must-win, and uh, do you take away any positives from this game? I mean, because it was it was obvious the entire way, really. You know, after the pick six, that they were going to win this game. Yeah, um, I think you could uh, you could take away the fact that they sustained a you know a ten-minute, seventeen-play drive. Uh, you know, regardless, I mean, you know, Minnesota's got you know they're banged up. They have a half-decent defense, so you know, that bringing bringing that along and it kind of showing that they can sustain a drive like that will uh, will help out some confidence. And, uh, you know, of course, the fact that, that Justin Tuck and Pierre Paul are getting after the passer again, uh, I don't think a light switch has necessarily gone on. Uh, you know, Josh Green was holding the ball and, uh, and then that offense was kind of a disaster. But, you know, just those two things, I mean, two hallmarks of the team, balance and a pass rush, if you can at least get the players to see what that feels like again, to, to be successful with that, then, then I think that that's a, that's a good thing to take away. So you, t- you were talking a lot about the defense right there. I was looking at the offense. What do you take away more from this game, that Eli didn't throw a pick or that none of the receivers had more than 50 yards? Um, well, I, I, I don't know about the first one just because, you know, Eli came pretty close to, to throwing a few interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think, That's you know, true. finally he's getting left back on his side. But, uh, you know, with, with the with the wide receivers, it's it's been a year-long thing. Uh, I mean, clearly these guys are not on the same page with Manning, and, and it's not it's not an, an indictment on how teams are covering them. I mean, they have three potential number one wide receivers, and, and someone should be able to get open on, on every play. But um, for some reason, it just didn't work out, and I think that's been a huge concern for them throughout the year. 
And Connor, it says something about the Giants' rushing attack that's right at the bottom of the league with just 67 yards per game when Peyton Hillis has 18 carries for 36 yards and a touchdown, and people actually you know, come away with somewhat of a positive attitude about that. Uh, Brandon Jacobs out, of course. When can we expect to see Andre Brown down the road? And in the upcoming game, you think it's going to be more Hillis than Michael Cox, or is Cox still going to get his share of carries like he did Monday night? I think Cox will still get his share of carries, um, but uh, you know I think that the the split will probably be similar. It'll probably be about uh, 60-40 or 70-30. Um, but uh, you know, as far as uh, Andre Brown, he's going to be back on November 10th against the Raiders. Um, by all indications, um, you know he looks healthy, and uh, we've seen him out there practicing with with Eli and uh, and with the running backs. So you know that's the first day he he legally can come back and play. So I think they'll probably rush him, not rush him back, but but they'll be anxious to have him on the field, and then. Uh, you know, uh, outside of that, yeah, I mean, does it say something about the running game? Probably, just because it's been so bad all year. But I don't think that's really the fault of, of any one running back in particular. It's just been this offensive line that's constantly been reshuffling. And, and now it looks like they're finally at least in a zone where, where they're comfortable. They have guys that, that, that can plug into these positions that have played together before. So you, you, that's why you kind of see it picking up the blade a little bit. Now, Connor, you mentioned the pass rush before, and you threw Jason Pierre-Paul's uh, name out there. But uh, JPP, he did come out yesterday saying that he won't feel 100% until next season. So I just want to know, what do you think about him saying this uh, right now in the middle of this season? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's reasonable and it's honest, and I think that that's, that's fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, him and I talked a little bit. Um, we actually talked to Link yesterday, and, you know, it was interesting. I think this whole medical thing has got him kind of bothered a little bit. I think he yeah. regrets very much not getting surgery um, at the end of 2012. He, he said he wished, you know, if he could do it all over again, the day that they were eliminated from the playoffs, he wished that he, uh, you know, flew to L.A. and got the surgery done. But um, since they waited so long, since they tried to avoid the surgery, cause just because they, they knew what happens to a player after back surgery, you know, they tried all the other options, and that's why they're in this, this mess right now. So it, it's tough for him, but, I, you know, I think you have to applaud him for at least being honest and saying, hey, you know what, I'm 75 80% right now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's only been four months since the back surgery. Indeed, it has. And, uh, you know, you look at this defense as a whole where, you know, JPP leaves this team. I mean, the pass rush hasn't been fantastic. The linebacking core is banged up, and it was kind of depleted, you know, to begin with. Uh, It's one of the worst defenses. It's in the bottom third of the league right now. Can they turn it around and help this team win some games this year, Connor? I think so. I mean, I think, listen, I mean, a lot of the problems with the defense have been more of an indictment on the failures of the offense. I mean, the defense is constantly on the field. Um, you know, they're putting bad spots after interceptions and fumbles. And, you know, I think all told, I mean, Perry Fuel has been doing a nice job with, you know, no middle linebacker for the first half of the season. Um, you know, a, a defensive line that's banged up and basically designed around Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you know, you lose your starting safety um, in the in the preseason. So, I mean, you know, all things considered, I mean, I think they've done an okay job, but now the offense is running the ball a little bit more. You see the defense putting up these bigger numbers, and you see the defense staying off the field and staying fresh. Plus, you look at the addition of, uh, you know, a guy like John Beeson, who's just, uh, you know, kind of injected new life into the group as well. Now, speaking about winning games, Philly's Michael Vick, he's supposed to get the start this Sunday. He's usually a Giants killer, but he's recovering from a leg injury. So how do you think he'll perform this upcoming Sunday? 
I think he'll be fine. I mean, Philadelphia's not going to risk, um, you know, having their starting quarterback and, and you know, knowing what they have uh, on offense. They're not going to risk getting their starting quarterback hurt long term, um, you know, just for one game. So if Vic wasn't healthy, if he wasn't the Vic of old and, and couldn't scramble, then they wouldn't put him out there. I mean, you know, I think that, um, you know, losing one game to the Giants in, in the middle of the season – um, you know, pales in comparison to having to start Matt Barkley, you know, for the foreseeable future or Nick Foles once he gets back from the concussion. So, uh, so you yeah, can, I mean, you, you can know, expect a big game from Vic, you think? Uh, a big game, possibly. I mean, the Giants, if anybody, they've been susceptible to uh, to running quarterbacks. Even uh, even Alex Smith killed him a few times when you leave him that window. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that Vic. The Giants have historically played well against Vic, but Vic also had 74 rushing yards against them in the in that new offense before he got hurt uh, three weeks ago. And Connor Kennedy and Nolan Sullivan against chatting with Connor Orr of the New York Star Ledger here on One on One's NFL Friday. Before we get to your prediction for this game, I want to ask you because I look. And this has been really a topic of conversation the whole year. You look down the schedule, right? Philly's going to be kind of tough. Oakland might be a break. Uh, maybe Detroit is a break down the road. But other than that, it's very tough with Green Bay, Dallas, Washington, Seattle, and Washington again. Um, how many games do you think this team could uh, anticipate winning? Well, uh, you know, I mean, with the Giants, you know, no, no number uh, that we listed would surprise me at this point. Um, you know, if they won one more game for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be shocked. And if they, uh, you know, if they only, if they won eight more games for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised just because of the core that they have intact. But, um, you know, realistically, you know, I feel, I, I see them finishing the season with six wins. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that Oakland game they, they can get, um, you know, depending on the landscape of the division with those Redskins games, they might be up for those games. Um, you know, I think seeing Dallas again uh, will we'll get them going. So, you know, it's a team that does play with a lot of pride, all things considered. Um, you know, the three back in a in a bad division, but uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really, really tough to to make up any ground there. Would six wins make Tom Coughlin say, "I want to come back and coach this team next year"? I think so. I mean, you know, I, from my understanding all along, the plan has been for him to finish out the contract as designed, which would take him through next season. Um, it would be a good chance for him to, to, to go out on a high note. He'd probably have a better offensive line, give David Wilson back, um, you know, and he'd have a little bit of new life in that defense as well. So, you know, that's that's my understanding. I haven't really felt um, the, the sense that there's a lot of pressure on him at this point, but who knows? I mean, you keep losing, and, and sometimes it's it's not his choice anymore. And back to that Eagles game, Connor, before we let you go, was 36-21 Philly when it was in MetLife. Now they play in the city of brotherly love. What do you pick? Uh, who are you taking on Sunday? Um, if Vic stays healthy, I'll take the Eagles um, 31-17. You know, I oh. think that uh, the Giants are better uh, with John Beeson. And I, uh, but, uh, you know, at this point, I just think they're uh, uh, they're just not the uh, not the team that they were two years ago or even the team that they were last year. That is Connor Orr of the Newark Star-Ledger joining us on One-on-One's NFL Friday. Connor, thanks so much, and uh, enjoy your day. Yeah, thanks a lot, Connor. Thank you, guys. So it was, you know... Wow, so it all depends on Vic, pretty much. It does. That's what it seems like. Vic, and I was actually... I don't want... Giants fans listening are not going to want me to hear this, but, I mean, watching the Deshaun Jackson punt return game, that whole comeback in the second half... Uh, and that was only what three years ago. 
uh, if I'm if yeah, I'm not mistaken, three, three or four ago. years ago. Yeah, I mean, you look at Michael Vick in that game, and he was unbelievable. Yeah. And that is, I still think that's the quarterback he can be. He was very good against the Giants. You know, he got hurt on a running play. Yep. Obviously, yep. so thing, he was, you know, he was very mobile in that game still. And I think he's going to be a big factor. I think that he's certainly the deciding factor in this game because. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a good game. That means the Giants are definitely doing their job on uh, on defense. And look, I mean, Eli did some good things. I mean, I, I agree with Connor that he almost threw a couple picks, but I mean, the, the offense wasn't awful on Monday night. I mean, I, I think uh, I could have beaten the Vikings, but at the same time, good. yeah, you could have nice throw and catch. Look, but you got you got to <laughs> take the small things. There. It was a yeah. nice pass and catch to uh, Reuben Randall. That was a great play for their mm-hmm. uh, their first score, and then. Um, you know, look, he, he, he's not afraid to air it out down the field. And you look historically at the Giants season this year and seasons even two years in the, in the past when Victor Cruz, I mean, that's how, they, that's how they, you know, make their money. I mean, Eli will throw a deep ball to Cruz. And honestly, throughout the year, the decision to throw into double coverage maybe has been there by Eli. And maybe, you know, you haven't yeah, seen that before. But lot, yeah. he can still throw that deep ball and Victor Cruz can still catch it. So, look, one of those... Uh, just one, and I, yeah. you're you're that much closer to beating the Eagles. So I think I'm it'll be a gonna... high scoring game for sure. I think it'll be high scoring. I I, I would say the Giants score uh, 24 points, yeah. but I think the Eagles will, which is very generous. <laughs> I, I I understand that. I mean, I, considering they scored what 21 against the Vikings, 23 against the Vikings, I right? Mean, that's, which that's a lot. Which that's was a... like a third grade defense. Exactly. But you look yeah. at, I mean, I, I there's just something. Look, the Giants are coming off their first win. And they have to be feeling good. They, you, I mean, regardless of who they play, they have to be feeling. Yeah, this has to be just, the best they've been feeling. Just to all get season. it, you know, just to get over the hump, just to yeah, get that out uh, of the yeah. way. Look again, I, I'm not. I don't have a lot of confidence in this team, but I do think that they could put up 20, 24 points. But I think the Eagles will rip apart their defense. I mean, look yeah. at what they did, and the, you know they scored thirty six points against the Giants, and they didn't even have Michael Vick for the whole game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, that I was think, all Foles ripping right. them up. Uh, I, well, I mean, you know, Vick did his his part too, but yeah, I mean, Foles Foles did a lot of damage. I, I think Vick was out like in the middle of the second. Right. Quarter. Well, they yeah. did score fourteen in the in the fourth, but they had sixteen in the second, and he did go out late in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, or in the first half, I should say. So. I don't know. I, I think that th- that offense, LaShawn McCoy is going to have a day. But the Giants, if there's one thing they can do, it's get up for the Eagles game. So, um, and, and really that goes for a lot of teams in this league is with any sort of prestige. They mm-hmm. can get up for the rivalry games. I mean, they know this means a lot to them. Tom Coughlin uh, w- would definitely want to win this game. Uh, you know, he wants to win every game. But um, I think the Giants will put up a, a little bit of a fight, but I don't think. Yeah, I, I think it will be a close game, but I, I I agree with Connor. You know, if Vic is healthy, it will be tough. But uh, he is he's it's a hamstring injury. He's a running quarterback. It's a lot bigger than if a non-mobile quarterback was hurt. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. So we will get the picks from the guys in the back during our pick section. They're looking at me like they're not sure who they want to take yet. So uh, that again, thanks to Connor Orr of the New York Star-Ledger for that Giants uh, update. Now we move from the Giants to the general landscape of the National Football League. And Nolan, before we look at this week's storylines, last Sunday, the Broncos, who I've said and a lot of other people said there's a very good chance they go undefeated, they lose to the Colts. Tough one, Um, tough one. I'm not happy with the officiating at the end of that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, controversial. Uh, I tweeted, I, uh, look, I don't like blaming. I, and I look, I'm still not blaming the game on the officials. I don't like doing that. I don't do yeah. it. But that is the closest 
to an official caused victory uh, or loss, I should say, than I've than a lot of other games I've ever that, seen. That's right up there with the uh, replacement refs, the no catch and the touchdown. Yeah, no, but the but look, Packers, look, you know, that was- I understand that the fumble recovery you can't. Um, you can't review that be, uh, because I don't think it, once you judge that it was recovered by one team, mm-hmm. I, I think you at that point, if I'm not mistaken, you only they were only reviewing whether or not it was a fumble, which was very obvious. But I mean, there, you know, the official on the near side should have seen the fact that he, you know, was trapping the ball against his leg. Number one, and then that BS roughing the passer call on Andrew Luck, which was absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. because his stomach knocked him over. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was a tough one. I'm, you know what, though? With, you know what, though? Feel, you, I, I got to feel bad for Andrew Luck because he really did get hit by a big stomach there. No, but <laughs> in all seriousness, you can't breathe Stomachs on the quarterbacks you, nowadays. Right? You can get whacked around by some of these My stomach's hurting me right now because I haven't eaten enough today, but that's about all I can think <laughs> about where stomachs can hurt you. I, look, that officiating was garbage. Um, at the end of that game, and again, I'm not going to blame it on the officials because the Broncos did their share in the first half to give the Colts this game. Definitely, yeah. I did. I did think though at the beginning of the fourth, I said that it, I, I thought it was undeniable that Peyton Manning was not going to win that game, or at least come back and tie it. Because I mean, look, he was—you you knew Peyton Manning was going to come back. Mm-hmm. You could tell he wanted it, right? This whole and if game. it look, if it weren't for those two calls, who knows what would uh, or you know the, again the fumble recovery judgment of who recovered the fumble and. Yeah. As well as the, um, you know, the probably the passer. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what would have happened there? Uh, and anyway, that's all right. I, you know, so, I, I but, think, you know, I, think I know. Easy, but this might be better because remember when the Colts were going for that perfect record, and they were trying to sustain that perfect record. Now they. That's true. The same thing with the Patriots. Like, when they were having that perfect record, this just takes a lot less pressure off the Broncos. A lot less attention. If they cruise into the playoffs as fourteen and two, thirteen and three. They're still going to be a dominant force in the playoffs, and then they don't have that extra weighted weight weight over them. It's not going to be if they're fifteen and zero. Should we start Peyton? Should we? If, what happens if he gets injured in that? It's true. So this might be looked back as a blessing for the for Denver. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I think we have a clip of what exactly transpired on that sideline between drives uh, at the end of the game. Hey, hey, I, hey, quit calling the f- plays, all right? Hey, we gotta run the ball. ball. Wait, wait, down wait, wait, pass, block, block. Run the we'll run the. That was totally outmatched, you know, size, strength, you name it. No, it's called Blaze. Go sit down. It's called Blaze. I will sit down. Don't quit yelling. Hey, go sit down. No, we're cool, y'all. Go no, we're cool. He's doing it. Come on, okay. He's yelling at us. It got testy on that sideline. Oh, side my line. goodness. He's not going to sell too many pizzas <laughs> with that type of mouth. Man, that's a different side of Peyton. Not too many people see, but that's hysterical. Oh, man. Oh, that, that Pass was... block. You block when I pass. Of course, oh. of course, that was from this. It's Colts days, and it's kind of old, but uh, no, I that's 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 as funny as it's gonna get. That's, that's that's as angry as Peyton Manning's gonna get. No, and we're cool, y'all. <laughs> no, we're cool, y'all. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, anyway, off off the Broncos, and I guess on to happier stories, if you want to call it that. Well, not really. I mean, happy for Minnesota, right? Minnesota doesn't have to deal with Josh Freeman this week. He has a concussion. Of course, not happy for Josh Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Christian maybe Ponder's maybe back the fans in. are happy about why, that. Why? What a why, why did Leslie Frazier decide to all of a sudden decide that okay, Josh Freeman does start this game? Why? Not just that. Why should uh, that's a that's a great question, Kenny. But why should Josh Freeman throw over fifty times when you have the best running back in the game? And like, the Giants have like no no yeah. linebacking core. No linebacking what, core. What are you I, about? I mean, literally, AP had fourteen touches. That's it. 
I mean, why why is the ratio of 53 passes to 14 rushes? That's absolutely awful play call. Not only is Josh Freeman a bad quarterback, he's a new quarterback in a new system. He only got there less than two weeks ago, and they're putting all this pressure on him. They, they had him to make all those throws. When you have Adrian Peterson, not not David Wilson know. with a broken neck, Adrian Peterson blew people's minds. The, really Vegas, the Vegas odds right now on um, the chances Leslie Frazier is going to get fired by season's end have to be skyrocketing. Yeah. I mean, I, I would bet a lot of money. Uh, he, I don't think there's any way that man comes back and coaches the Vikings, uh, which is, you know, he's a recently hired head coach. It's kind of sad, but at the same time, you can't take a quarterback who was, you know, he apparently failed a drug test mm-hmm. for Adderall and he got in a whole mess with his head coach. And he's in, yeah. he's Team in this, didn't like this him right that now, much. mentally, he's in an yeah. awful place. He is. And just to throw that guy out there and have him throw 50 times without knowing anything, you know, in the playbook yeah. is ridiculous. Like 34% completion. Yeah, awesome. and I mean, and that also, you know, a, a good note from Kelly Colterson, the backup producer. I mean, the Vikings were ten and six last year. They made the playoffs, and they, you know, unfortunately had to start Joe Webb. But who knows what would have happened if they didn't start Joe Webb? Maybe they win that series. Maybe they go on to the second round of the playoffs. But now, I mean, Leslie Frazier, you, you absolutely is in jeopardy of losing this job because he's completely mismanaged this team. And I mean, it's. Look, you know, what are you going to yeah, do when yeah. you, know, you trade Percy Harvin? Okay, you know, but then you look at the fact that you have a, an incredibly talented uh, wide right receiver team. in, uh, in, in Cord- and Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Greg Jennings is on the team now, yeah. who is, you know, very, very good at what he does. Greg Jennings. That's right. And then you also <laughs> look at Jerome Simpson, who's had a lot of catches. Kyle Rudolph, who they drafted recently, Kyle Adrian Rudolph's Peterson. He there, has a high ceiling. there are good skill players on this team. You still have Jared Allen. I mean, if they start for, Christian, for what eight more games, right? <laughs> if Christian Ponder, if Christian Ponder plays every game this year, I think they have at least a great. Uh, they have a pretty good shot to win eight. But now you bring in Josh Freeman. Now you start Josh Freeman over Christian Ponder. I mean, again, I thought at the beginning of this year, Ponder was. Banged up, mm-hmm. uh, they had to throw Castle in there. From that, yeah, they had to throw I think Castle. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, accurate. That didn't work Matt too well. Castle. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, does what that are you just show do? how good the Patriots' like offensive like plays are? That Matt Castle could lead that team. to I mean, their offensive five. line is that good, or, or uh, their offensive line. But that's, but that's that what I've said for years. I've said for years that Tom Brady has so much help from his. I mean, he has he has all day to throw. Yeah. I mean, that's the why that Matt that's Castle why he is the quarterback he is now. I mean, Tom Brady's an awful quarterback when he's pressured. But if, you know when he was developing as a young quarterback, he had an all day to throw. He had an yeah, all star offensive line. So, I mean, th- look, and again, that's a whole other argument, you know, or discussion of yeah. who, you know, how good really is Tom Brady. Um, but you know, I'll I'm just, I'll just say I don't think he's as good as Joe Montana is. But uh, again, you know, Matt Castle had to start that game. So you know, be that as it may, and the Vikings are in a bad place right now. And Leslie Frazier's mind is probably in a bad place just with Josh Freeman's. Uh, a couple other notes here: the Rams gave Brett Favre a call. Uh, <laughs> if you're Tim Tebow, how are you feeling? How are you feeling that they went to Brett Favre I don't, over you? You know what? Tim Tebow did this to himself because there have been a I lot don't know of if teams he did this to himself. Yes, he did. There have been a lot of teams, Nolan, who've come to Tim Tebow and said, "We'd love, like, we'd love you to play tight end. We'd love you to play middle linebacker. We think you'd be a great That's linebacker. True. We no, think these, you'd be a great tight points. end." You know, he said, "Need to be quarterback. Need to be a quarterback." Even though. Every, it's a well-known fact in anywhere in the league that you're a terrible practice quarterback. You have awful throwing mechanics. You can't hit a receiver within 10 yards of you in the preseason. You saw what he did with the, the Patriots. I mean, he threw into the ground was his primary receiver half the time. <laughs> He's Look, 
he he's done it and, and you know this there's something about this guy when you put him in a game he will exceed uh, your expectations every single time because there's something special about him right he he, he yeah, he's a good that. he's a yeah. great leader but great you leader, you look passion for the game. you look at his skills you look at how he throws the ball there's no way in your right mind if you're an NFL GM you're going to look at his tape and his throws that he makes all the time you know again taking the last drive of the game out of it and you're going to say that guy could play quarterback So you'd rather team. have Brett Favre or uh, I would rather have like Danny Tomlinson in his current state throwing the football <laughs> He's thrown the football better than Tim Tebow in his career. I'm serious. Darren McFadden, sign him up. Can we get up. the people behind the glass? Like, I, I'm just wondering, who would you rather have, Brett Favre right now? Brett Favre. Or Tim Tebow? Let's hear it. Are you kidding Kelly, me? Kelly, you back there? Brett Favre. Wow. I think you're grabbing the wrong mic. I think you're, I think you're grabbing the wrong microphone there. Kelly <laughs> Coltis is. Uh, <laughs> well, even though she was talking the wrong mic, you could clearly hear she You're has some disdain right. for Tim right, Tebow right there. Okay, here again. she is. Um, so I saw Tim Tebow play with the Jets, and it was atrocious. I saw him in the preseason when he had the, whatever second string team out there, whatever it was. He was absolutely terrible there. I do not trust him throwing the ball. Put it this way, Brett Favre, if you give him all day to throw, like you said, you put a strong offensive line in front of him, I think he could still sling it. He gets hit a couple times. I don't know yeah. about that. But He's better than Tebow. Call it Vinny Testaverde. Off the couch. When was the last time Favre played? Two years ago? Three. No, three, uh, three, yeah, three years. years ago. So he three years. Yeah. What do you think he's been doing since then? You think Coaching he's been working football. out? Yeah, exactly. He's been throwing he's, a football. Ah, uh, I don't know. He's probably fat, but I don't, I don't care. Know. No, I would. I would have to go with Tim Tebow. I take. I, fat, I would take Tim Tebow. I take, I'll take fat, gray bearded Brett Favre over Tim Tebow. He hasn't played since 2010. Uh, that's too much for me. That's only. I read that's a report. Four years. I read a report. Uh, I forgot where. I think it was on Yahoo Sports that Brett Favre is apparently at his game weight. At his playing weight from where, from three years ago, so I mean, he stayed in shape. I mean, I'd call up to uh, I'd call up um, Jamarcus Russell right now. Jamarcus Russell? Uh, are you serious? No, I'd call no. up. Uh, no, I'm not obviously, but I mean, there are a lot. I mean, there are actually a. a I mean, Drake Brady Quinn's a free agent. There are a decent amount of I would, quarterbacks. I would go to Brady Quinn before Brett Favre. There are a decent amount of quarterbacks what about out John there. Skelton? Can you throw John yeah, Skelton? Yeah. Skelton actually just had a workout. Uh, forget. Oh, I think the Bucks actually worked him out. Um, there are better options. I'm just saying. I think Tim Tebow is above yeah. in those options. Above Arv in those options. I th- options. I don't think so. Because again, I, I again, I, I just I already said it. You know, he has had a lot of opportunities to play other positions, which I th- personally think he'd be a very good linebacker or tight end. I mean, a tight end would be a good spot for him because he actually was able to throw some decent blocks when he was, you know, both at running back and pass, you know, punt protector at the, in with the Jets and. Um, you know, he, he can he, he can run, obviously. Kenny, you'll appreciate this. So are you, Kelly. I heard Kellen Clemens' name was also being thrown out well, there he's as the, well. He's the next option Yeah, in, I mean, in uh, St. Louis. He's the backup. That's tough. He, so he will start, yeah. I mean, unless they find someone else. Uh, again, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on there. I can't imagine Kellen Clemens being the starter. Um, it, you know, it, does does Kansas City remain unbeaten against Cleveland at home? How would they? I, you know, I, I think so. I that's think so. that's the storyline put in here. Keep that going. Uh, and then I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Bobby Rainey, who was cut by. Well, I guess okay. Last preseason, he was with the the Ravens, and he's look. He's very very small. He's from Western Kentucky University. He's the best rusher in school history by far. Um, he's on a list with LT, Steven Jackson, 
um, Darren McFadden and a bunch of other big names. Okay. Uh, okay. As the only guy, one of the only one of only eight collegiate runners to run for 1,500 yards in back-to-back se- seasons, and he's actually had some decent games against you know schools like Alabama or not Alabama. He didn't have a that great of a game, but like LSU, he ran well against uh, Indiana. He's had some good games in college. He's really fast. He was returning kicks in the preseason for Baltimore. Looked pretty good. Um, he was signed by the Browns. They didn't really give him a shot. Now he's with the Bucks because they, of course, they lost Doug Martin. Martin's out. Yeah. I'm saying, watch out for Bobby Rainey. I think he is. He's he's quick. Do you think Bobby Gubin will agree I, with you later on Bobby Rainey later? No, because <laughs> because they Mike James is Mike. I just took a cough button accident. Mike James's stats are not nearly as good as both Rainey. I mean, Brian Leonard hasn't been that good. Mike James. Look at Mike James did last night. Ten carries for thirty yards. I mean, that's. Uh, it's average. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's it, that's literally the definition and of look, average. Th- but this guy Rainey, he's he's a Sproles type. I mean, that's and they're not going to play him the first game. But I mean, I think he could creep up and get some carries this year. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, a bit big supporter of Mr. Bobby Rainey. You heard it here first. Also, also, he, also, he's got a. Uh, they interviewed him, and he, I guess he's got a, a a kid on the way, and like. They asked him if he would play. He's like, oh, I guess we got to talk about that, don't we? So hey, <laughs> he's, he's a funny guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, follow him on Twitter. You should go follow him, too, at Bobby Rainey. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought, I, I thought I'd bring that up. It's thought a good that story. You... It's, it's interesting no, to look I'm, at. I'm just saying I'm rooting for him, and I think he's going to be pretty good one day in the NFL, uh, whether it you know be in a Sproles role or for a year like a la Michael LeSure. I don't know what it's going to be for him, but I think he'll make it somewhere. He's only two years into the league, and – with the Bucks, who are struggling right now, they just got killed by the Panthers. And uh, actually, did you see last night before we move on uh, the videos of the their reactions to the cannon shot? There, nah, they I, fire I didn't see off this. the cannon whenever the Bucks score. Uh, and nah. Cam Newton like like fell down almost like he ducked. And, and uh, <laughs> Steve Marinucci. That's so funny. Uh, Steve Marinucci like. Uh, he, he went nuts in the because they were him and Marshall Falk were getting ready to do a stand up, and then Marshall Falk this was like motionless. He didn't really didn't phase nothing, him at all. Nothing, no, nothing phases him. Marshall Falk, uh, Madden 03 superstar. All right, I think that will bring us to our fantasy discussion. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Oh, sorry. I was sending a Snapchat. Um, Bobby Gubin is here with us. Bobby, how's it going? It's going all right, Kenny. I got to keep this short, though. What do you mean you got to keep it short? That's what I've been told. What are you talking about? I got to get to it. And we we all know know how long-winded you could be. All right. So on my Believe It or Not for this week, Brandon Gibson, five receptions, 40 yards, two Ds, the reason why he's number one on my Believe It or Not list is because as I witnessed this happen, I literally just went, nope, nope, don't believe that. Not at all. Seven Watch catches, three nope. to- I think three times now this year. Great in PPR leagues. He's consistent. I'm sorry. I don't, have no faith in him. Don't, I have no faith in Brandon Gibson. Do not use Brandon Gibson. No? Okay. Moving on. I had no faith in Keenan Allen either. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I admitted my mistake with that. I'm, I have... <laughs> Dude, no doubt honest, that I will not be admitting watch, my mistake when it comes to Brandon, Brandon Gibson. Gibson go off again. Okay, okay, Mark okay. it down. Sure. Okay, mark it down. Uh, Roy Hallou, 11 attempts, three TDs. Three TDs. Now, I'm a believer in Roy Hallou, and this is why. Look, Alfred Morris is a great running back. Can't catch passes. Can't, can't catch passes, and Roy Hallou used to be the guy. So I think going forward, it becomes more of a committee. 
And I think that favors Halu more than it does Morris. They did draft him early so in the you know, when when they took him, I think two years ago. Yeah. Uh Darius Hayward Bay, he's on bye this week, but he had four catches, forty four yards and a TD. Look, somebody's gotta catch the ball without Reggie Wayne. I think your boy T. Y. Hilton or who you used to have. <laughs> he used to be your boy before yeah, you traded him. You put him on the block. Uh I, I like Darius Hayward Bay more than I do T. Y. Hilton. I don't know. More than T. Y. Hilton. I'm actually trading for Roy Hulu as I we're just, talking I right just, now. <laughs> Wow, so listen just, to that. <laughs> Everyone take Bobby's advice seriously because Kenny certainly does. I, ju- I just no, I don't, but I just Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward Bay, I think is going to be a little bit more consistent. T.Y. Hilton is always going to be that feast or famine player. You know, either he gets you the big catches or you yeah. know okay. that's it. Uh, Mike James. Now look, last night he had a terrible game: thirty-nine yards, forty-five yards receiving. Look, the reason he's on this list is because I own Doug Martin, and I know there's a lot of people out there that probably own Doug Martin, and they're like, oh. Uh, who do I replace Doug Martin with? Well, my Bobby answer Rainey. to you is not Mike James. Mike James is terrible. Bobby Rainey, man. Mm, I look. So, I, so I don't J- think so anybody James, in the Tampa Bay. They look, just, Doug Martin struggled all season long. That Tampa Bay, the team is in shambles. So do not believe in Mike. So James. I don't believe. In, I don't believe in Mike James. I don't, and I don't believe, believe in anybody either. that's in that Tampa Bay backfield. They, but again, they just signed Bobby Rainey. Again, well, Bobby Rainey got displaced by the old decrepit Willis McGahee. Because they signed, because we, he's experienced, and they wanted someone experienced. Okay, but I don't think Bobby Rainey is going. I don't think anybody in that Tampa so Bay nice conf- environment is going to. Like, right I don't think anybody's going to do well in Tampa Bay. No, they're zero seven. They're terrible. Darrell Revis they have a is bad gonna, quarterback in Mike Lennon. Mark it down right now. Darrell Revis is coming back to the New York Jets. And last but wow. not least, well, that's a big statement. This, this last one's tough. Uh, you know, I really, do, I must have been sleeping too much that weekend. Uh, Jared Boykin, eight catches, 103 yards, Boykin. and a catch. And of course, Boykin. my boy Kenny here. I got Boykin. Was the one who got, the one who grabbed uh, Boykin well, off flexing. waivers. I'm flexing right now. And he was smart because he did it before the big, the big uh, blowout, as we'll call it. And uh, you know, I, I just think Boykin is even with James Jones coming back this week. I, I. I think he's he's gonna excel. I, and I, no Jermichael Finley. And no Jermichael. So so yeah, he's gonna be the guy. And we've seen the Green Bay offense carry three wide receivers. Bobby, can I ask just you fun. if you believe in a certain player? Sure. Okay. So my quarterback situation this week. It's a big week. I'm facing Kenny Dijon, seven and zero by by far the best team in the league. Um, Especially after I, I have gave Alex. Him I have Alex Smith and mean? Michael Vick. <laughs> Alex Smith and Michael Vick. Do I start Vick even though he's coming off that injury? Yes. No no doubt. Yes. No o- doubt. Over Alex Smith. Alex Smith is on my QBs I don't like this week. So okay. He's going against Cleveland, which is a pretty good defense. Don't like. And even though Michael Vick may not be able to run, the Giants are terrible. That They're is, terrible. Yeah. They're atrocious. Even there's, I, Bobby, I don't see I any so way how Alex Michael Smith Vick outperforms no Michael Vick. I'll no just be way. so upset there's, with you. Unless Michael Vick has to leave the game because of his injury. Well, that's what I'm there's saying. No, do, I, like, do I you think, think that could happen? No, because, I don't. Because did you, you, see, have Matt, to did you see Matt Barkley? Yes, he's I saw terrible. Matt He's awful. He's awful. But that There's no way they're going to bring him in. But if Michael Vick no pulls way. his hammy, if he gets hurt. Michael Vick, they'll uh. keep him. If Michael Vick got his like leg chopped off, they'd probably say, you know what, just Mike, I know you're, you're I in a lot it. of pain, but play on I one stump Alex and, and throw the ball. This year. Matt I'm Barkley just... is terrible, and Nick Foles is not available. Oh, Michael Vick's not leaving that game. He will not leave that game. He will not Guarantee leave that game. It. Okay. Guarantee it. Okay. Unless I'm holding he's, you to unless it. Unless he's knocked out cold. 
He's not leaving that game. Okay. Should I I leave and let you guys finish the show? No, I'm I'm, I'm just (laughs) making sure because it's a very crucial call. You guys are just staring into each other's souls yelling into them. I will use that segue to move on to the QBs I like and don't (laughs) like this week. Okay. So RG3 against Denver. Obviously, shootout game. I think RG3 is going to have a good game. Matt Stafford against Dallas. Dallas is actually, you know, pretty bad on the short passes. So I think Matt Stafford and Reggie Reggie Bush have excellent weeks this week. Uh, and Colin Kaepernick against Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good one. Hey, said, that's, that, that would mark, I think, three weeks in a row now of decent production from Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Can we yeah, say he's coming, he's on the up and up right no. now? No. No? No, we can't say that. I mean, I just think he's had a couple of decent matchups and – you know, okay, he's not comatose anymore, but I don't think he's fifteen and nineteen coming to. I don't think he's the number five quarterback that you drafted him he, as. He did. Uh, he did run last week eleven times for sixty-eight yards and a score. If there's anything positive, maybe, to maybe come out of. a glimmer of hope. Hey, I have Terrell Pryor. I don't need Colin Kaepernick <laughs> to be good. QBs, I, I don't like Al- Alex Smith against Still Cleveland, as as I just you know told Nolan here. Look, Joe Hayden is a Pro Bowl corner. They have a good the Browns defense, good rush. Good. The Browns defense Underrated. is a good defense. Uh, Eli Manning against Philly. Look, Eli's at that point where you just don't start him. You just don't start. Him. He's at that point where Ben Roethlisberger he's not, he's never was been a early in the year. He's just he's awful. Even against a bad Philly defense, no way. Wow, no way. You wouldn't start. I, I would not Manning. start Eli Manning unless my only other option was like that. Eli Manning was just to begin with this year a very low draft pick in league. No, he was, but just to not even not even against the Philly defense. Why? You know, fifteen it's, it's picks. Why, why would you even moving risk on? That? Moving on. Andy he Dalton against the Jets. The Jets just have a good rush. They have a good rush. I like Andy Dalton. I know you hate Andy Dalton, Kenny. We all know but that. But the Jets have a good good defense, and I think they keep Dalton in check. Uh, running backs, I like Eddie Lacy against Minnesota. Minnesota's terrible. Uh, Reggie Bush against Dallas. I mentioned that. Roy Hillu against Denver. Look, I think they're going to be behind. Who's out there on the passing downs? Roy Hillu. They're going to run the ball? Yeah. I mean, they're going to run the ball, and I think Hillu gets 10 carries, but I also think he gets seven catches. We'll run the ball. They're going to run that ball. Keep going. <laughs> Um, running backs, I don't like MJD against San Francisco. He's been a huge disappointment this huge year. Huge disappointment. I will uh, never you mentioned, take him again. You mentioned before, Kenny, you can read my mind, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and Gio <laughs> Bernard. Look, the only reason I'm starting Gio Bernard is because I you don't start Doug a Martin. running back against the Jets defense. You don't start a running back against the Jets defense. I'm only doing it because I have to. Uh, Steven Jackson against Arizona. Look, the Cardinals have only allowed just two rushing touchdowns all season, and Steven Jackson's coming back from injury. Don't start Steven Jackson. You'll get one point. Uh, so can Jason Snelling have a big day for me? Uh, I don't think anybody has that good of a day. Arizona's run defense is pretty good. Okay. Uh, well, he's re- my only option. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. Uh, Hopeful thinking. Wide receivers I like. Marquise Colson. Look, no Jimmy Graham. No Jimmy Graham, and I think he has a good week against Buffalo. Uh, Terrence Williams against Detroit. He's gaining Roma's trust. Three TDs in a row. I think he keeps it going. Jeremy Curley, since Holmes has been injured, since Holmes has been injured, Curley's targets per game have jumped from 4.7 to 7.3. That's a pretty significant jump, and I, I think the uh, the Jets are going to continue to look for him. Uh, wide receivers, I don't like Mike Wallace against the Pats. Look, Mike Wallace hasn't scored since week two, and a keep to lead maybe back. Mike Wallace, he's, he's <laughs> I like Brandon Gibson he's more than Mike Wallace. I made a mistake. I hate he's, both of them. He's had so. six catches on three occasions. PPR league, he's he's worth something. Dwayne Bowe. And against, he made an cr- incredible catch to win the game <laughs> last week. 
Dwayne Bowe against Cleveland, uh, Joe Hayden, he's he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and Dwayne Bowe still hasn't had more than 66 yards receiving in any game. Uh, Josh Gordon against KC. Campbell's at quarterback. That's all I got to say. Campbell's at quarterback. Uh, tight ends I liked. Jordan <laughs> Reed against Denver. You know, for obvious reasons, he blew up last week. I had him uh, on the week before probably, so if you were paying attention, hopefully you started him like Kelly did. Uh, Gronk against Miami. Gronk's back. Gronk's, yeah, back. Gronk's back, baby. 17 catches. Uh, last Charles last Clay against New England. Uh, with Mayo out for the year for the Patriots, I, I think their linebackers are just less agile. They're not going to be able to cover the tight end. You know, I, I, I think Hightower is not as much of a coverage linebacker as Gerard Mayo was. I had to pick up uh, Rob Hausler because <laughs> I don't have a tight end this week because Fleener and uh, Bennett are both on buys. I was actually going to try to – I told you I'll trade. I was going to try to make Cameron it – st- You know what? What do you want for Jason Witten? Make me an offer. That's all I'm going to say. I might trade. You might. You might have heard the beginnings of a trade on on NFL Friday. Uh, tight ends. I don't like this week. Brent Selleck. Look, the Giants are terrible, and you go, oh, okay, may- maybe Brent Selleck is good. No, no, he hasn't had more than three catches all year. That's don't start him. Don't uh, start him. All right. Okay. Uh, I will not and, start him. And Jordan Cameron. Look, I'm starting him in one of my leagues, but my expectations are are pretty low. I mean, Jason Campbell is terrible. He might be worse than Brandon Whedon. That's what I'm going to leave you with. You know who this I'm not... man was a bona fide squad. <laughs> he can't play. Hey, hey, you know who I'm? You know who I'm starting this week? Hakeem Picks. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. What? what? Oh, I, I hit I hit, I just hit the analog air button, and I was listening to music, and I was like, what music just played in my headphones? That probably sounds very, very weird. All right, picks time for week number oh nine. Our first game up, New, Jer- New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals. Nolan and I have the Jets. Bobby, you have the... I know, I know this might doom them, but I have to go with the Jets. I, I know this might jinx them, but... All right, all right. Fine. In the back, we have... I got to go with the Jets, guys. I can never bet against my boys. Got it. Bengals, Bengals not as bad as you think. Kenny. Wow. Bengals, one Bengals, Bengals prediction. Okay. Give me the Jets. Give me the Jets. No, no one likes the Bengals. The Giants and the Eagles. Nolan and I, again, agreeing, both taking the Eagles here. What does Bobby Gubin say? The Eagles, Eagles. Giants are terrible. They're terrible. And in the back? I got to agree with you, Bobby. Got to go with the Eagles here. Let's go, G-Men. Let's hope old Giants are <laughs> Wow, I got so, Philly. So Matt is just going <laughs> against everyone, all right? He's just going to disagree with everyone. Dallas and the Big D. Detroit. That, that, they're, of course, they're, they're the Big D. They're both Big Ds. Uh, but, uh, I, can't, I, I can't go against Tony Romo here. I got to take Mr. Romo over Mr. Stafford. You know, Des Bryant called out Calvin Johnson this week, thinks he's a better receiver. I think Johnson's going to stampede all over them. Lions, baby. I agree with you 100%, Nolan. Calvin Johnson. Kelly Coltis. I gotta agree with you there. Megatron's taking it home this week. Uh, Dallas in a close one. Matt, are you just trying it's to make gonna people be an old-fashioned shootout? Dallas. Dallas okay. is Tony da- Romo. Dallas is actually the underdog by three points this week. Interesting there. We move on here. Miami and New England. Hey, I never bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, I never yeah. bet against Tom Brady. Got to take New England. <laughs> yeah, you got to go with New England, especially after how they lost to the Jets. And, and especially because Gronk is back. Yeah. Gronk is back. Kelly, is he Belichick back for you? Does, Belichick is not the move two weeks back to back. You got to go Patriots. Miami to be different. All right. I, I love Miami. I do. 
Patriots. Patriots right. says Julian Adienza getting his head in here with his selections. Atlanta and Arizona. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, Matty Slice of Pizza. He's going to get one touchdown. Uh, I just really pulled that one out of my so behind. So who's your answer? I have Arizona taking down Atlanta. Okay, uh, I'm going to have to go with Atlanta. Atlanta. I got to go with Atlanta here too, guys. That's Julian at the end is going to say Atlanta. Yeah, give me Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. Give me some uh, Give me some Carson Palmer this week. Give me uh, Arizona on that one again. I'll say it again. All right, upset time. Uh, Bobby Gubin, start us off. These have to be a off. true upset. Okay? No, they don't. They just have to be no, a statistical upset. No one's, no one's not right. in charge of this show. It's Bob Aarons <laughs> who's in charge of this show. Honestly, and I can assure upset. you Bob Aarons would not care <laughs> whether or not it's yeah, a yeah, two-point or three-point spread. I'm going to randomize this one right now. Give me, give me, give me the games right now. I'm going right. to do this because I haven't decided. Bills are underdogs against the Saints by 10 points. The Raiders are underdogs against the Steelers, actually by one and a half, surprisingly. Uh, the Redskins are 11-point underdogs to the Broncos. Falcons are actually underdogs to the Cardinals this week. Vikings are underdogs to the Packers um, on a Monday Night Football, I believe, or Sunday Night Sunday Football. Night, Sunday Night Football. And uh, what else we got here? Jacksonville, 11-point, 15-point underdogs. All right, underdogs. I'll be nuts. I'm going Redskins. Redskins wow. over the okay. two in a row for the Two Broncos. in a row. Two in a row for the Broncos. I'm going to take Bills over the Saints. The Bills are always the best upset pick. They are. But... You know who I always pick to upset the other team? Terrell Pryor you do. and the Raiders. I got the Raiders. All right, guys. Well, you already said it, but it's going to count twice against you if they don't. I'm going to go with the Jets over Cincy, taking them down this week. That's a double loss. She's putting That's a double loss. Double money on the table. Double money. Uh, I, I like Bobby's pick, but I also kind of, I don't know. Move closer to the mic. How about maybe maybe that? Uh, <laughs> give, give me the Bills. The Bills. Julian. I'm going to back my girl Kelly up, going all in on the J-E-T-S-S-S-S-S. You can't do the Jets. If there's anything that you should complain about, Nolan, it should be someone taking the same game twice. That is ridiculous. Matt's picking the Bills, too. Get some personality out there, people. You can't take the Jets or the Giants in your upset. No, that's true. No, that's ridiculous. Pick again. Pick again. That's absurd. No, Especially because everyone thinks the Jets are going to win that weekend. You can't do this. That's not an upset. You can't do this. I mean, I'm a huge Jet fan, and I have faith in my Jets, but I don't have that much faith in my Jets. <laughs> wow. Fine. That's all fine. I can say fine. about this whole show is that's wow. Fine. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Will well, the Jets run the ball, though? That's that's the biggest question. That's true. I don't know. I is, think they're going to run the Atkins ball. Is Geno Atkins going to be enough to stop them I think they're going to run the ball. I, 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 so. I think so. I, I think they'll run we'll the ball. Run the I think Chris Ivory is going to have a good game. All right, thanks to our guest, Connor Orr of the Newark Star-Ledger. Go follow him on Twitter, at Connor T. Orr. Uh, For Nolan Silvernagel, for Bobby Gubin with Fantasy, Matt Morrow and his beard and his Fordham, black Fordham sweatshirt, I should add. Kelly Coltis doing a tremendous job producing. Julian Adienza giving giving us his fake New York accent. I'm Kenny Ducey, and, well, football. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.